the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Our series that we started last weekend entitled Friends. And I want to talk to us about uh, paying attention to your friendships today and the value of this. And uh, we're sort of unpacking uh, the aspect of relationships in our life. Obviously, relationships are a very important part of life. When we improve our relationships, we improve our lives. In fact, if your relationships are going sour, then your life is going to be soured to some degree. And if your relationships are improved, your life always gets a little bit better. It's extremely important for us, no matter where we are in our relationships, even if they're decent and good, we can always make them better. If they're broken, we can work to fix them. And by the way, as I mentioned last weekend, when I say friends, I'm not just talking about friendships as we normally think of it. Any relationship in your life, whether it's a marriage relationship, a relationship with family members, or certainly friends, colleagues that you work with, the neighborhood that you're in, this is a broad term that applies to all these different areas. First thing's foundational today is that you and I need to understand that relationships are built, but they're built intentionally. They don't just happen, they're built intentionally. I believe there's kind of a myth associated with relationships, and the idea is this, sort of, that if you're just sort of living life, relationships are going to sort of magically happen to you, and it's sort of out of the blue, the right people show up in your world. Well, that certainly can be true. I know that I've had people in my life that God brought along at a very unique time, and they were truly gifts of God for me, gifts of God for my life. And certainly I have people in my life right now that are like that, truly miraculous gifts of God. But generally speaking, most relationships in your life are not going to come magically. They're going to come by intentionality. You have to work. You have to work to build them. They're things that you and I do. You have to intentionally want to see them developed. And a relationship or relationships in your life have to become something that you will, I'll write some words on the board that you will and that you do value. Because you'll never develop relationships unless you value relationships. Because values, there's a little equation that I like to think of in my own life at times, value or values produce your priorities. So whatever you value, you set as important or as a priority, and, what, and your priorities become the things that you pursue, your pursuits. And so again, follow this equation. What you value becomes a priority to you, and what is a priority is what you pursue. You do what's important to you. If you want to really know what you value in your life, don't start by trying to evaluate your values. Start by looking at what you're doing, because what you're doing is telling you what you value. And so anything that we go after, that we pursue in life, is, is leading back to what's important and what's valuable to us. And so I want to talk about the value of relationships, because God values relationships, and God wants you to value relationships in your life. We see this in the book of Genesis, very first chapter of the book of Genesis, certainly chapters one and chapter two, laid out right at the very beginning of the Bible. 
As God had created the world around us, you see the story of creation in Genesis chapter 1, and then you come to verse 26 of chapter 1, and and God makes a statement, let us make man in our image. Notice that statement, let us make man in our image, us, our. These are plural pronouns. Why does the scripture say this? Why did God say, let us make man in our image? Because God exists in relationship. God is one God, but he's experienced in or he's represented in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Unified, yes, but three distinct personalities all in unity. There are not three different gods. There's only one God expressed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so God exists in relationship. One God, three persons. So he said, let us make man in our image. Then we come to verse 27, we see here, and notice what it says. So God created mankind, how? In his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And by the way, that's a, that's a message for another day. Male and female, he created them. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Here's what I want you to see. God created mankind. How? In his own, in his own image. Now, what does this mean? Well, in an intrapar- in your own world, your own life, this is represented in the fact that you are a three-part person. You are spirit, soul, and body. This is eternal. One day you'll have a glorified body as well. And so you're made three-part. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, Spirit, Soul, and Body. But also, it implies this. It implies that God created you with the same need and desire for relationship that He has made in God's image. And so, if God exists in relationship, and we're created in God's image, then the implication of that is that we should exist in relationships with other people as well. God never intended for you to go through life all alone or living a lonely existence or an existence uh, pulled away from or distant from people around you. We get to chapter 2, and God makes an observation about the man that he created, Adam. And notice what he says about him. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God looks at Adam and says, hey, it's not good. For for this man, Adam, to be alone, I need to make a helper suitable for him. And so if you read Genesis chapter 2, let me explain what happens. God begins to, he doesn't immediately make a helper for Adam. He begins to give Adam the opportunity, or he gives Adam the opportunity of naming all the animals. And so uh, we see next in the story that Adam is naming all the different animals, and, and God is teaching him something. He's, he's stimulating something inside of him through this process, because Adam has to name all the animals. And so here come the animals marching by Adam. And here comes Mr. and Mrs. Giraffe, and Mr. and Mrs. Pig, and Mr. and Mrs. Horse, and Mr. and Mrs. Rhinoceros, and he sees all these animals, he's naming all these animals, and Adam says, none of them look like me. Everybody has a partner, I don't have a partner. Everybody has someone to do life with, I don't have anyone to do life with. God already recognized it, but Adam needed to recognize his need. And what happened next? Let's take a look at what happens. Now that he knows that he has this need, look at what happens. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. 
while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called, whoa, man. You didn't know that's what the Hebrew really meant there, right? Okay. <laughs> For she was taken out of man. And so he discovers now this relational situation that he's longed for, he's been made aware of. So you and I must recognize that God created you for relationship. It's not good to be alone. God wants you doing life with other people. Other people are important for your life. One of the wisest men that ever lived was a man by the name of Solomon. God asked Solomon one day, what do, you, what do you want me to give you? And Solomon said, above anything else, I want wisdom. And God poured out wisdom on Solomon, certainly inspired by the Holy Spirit. But notice a statement that Solomon made about this very thing. He says, two are, what's this next word? Better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So my first point today is to realize that relationships are built intentionally. God places a high value on relationships. And so when you value a relationship, what is a relation when you value it, what does it become? It becomes a priority in your life. Did I spell that right? I think I did. And then out of that priority, what do you begin to do? You begin to pursue relationships, which is a good thing. Now, I'm going to talk about this word pursuit just for a moment. How do you begin to pursue? How do you intentionally pursue relationships? I'll give you four things under this, then we'll move on to our second major point. You pursue relationships, first of all, by this, by determining your own personal values. You don't want to start building friendships unless you know what you really believe and what you really value. Because you'll start building relationships with the wrong people. Okay? If you don't know you... You're going to take any friendship on in your life that may be detrimental to you. And so next week, don't miss next week, I'm going to spend all of next week talking about this one thing. How do you get on the same page with someone else? How do you make sure that you are on the same page with someone else? Because you better be on the same page with your friends, with the people that are closest to you in your life. Why? Because who you hang out with is going to determine a lot of what happens in your life. As I've often said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And then once you've identified your values and the kind of people that you want to associate with in your life, then you extend yourself. Amen. You got to reach out to other people. Don't wait for people to reach out to you. You need to reach out to them. Everybody say reach out. Reach out. This is easier for some people than it is for others. Some people find it very easy to reach out to people. Other people find it very difficult to reach out to people. Because personalities, there are all kinds of personalities in this room today. And all personalities have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. Okay? But there are two basic categories of personality that you and I need to always be aware of and identify in our life. In this room today, watching online today, those of you who are watching with me on Frederick there today, there are two basic types. There are people who are extroverts and there are people who are introverts the extroverts they don't have any problem reaching out they, they never they, everybody's a friend to them I mean they'll talk to a 
fence post. I mean, they just, they just, it doesn't matter to them. They just talk to anybody, okay? They never met a stranger in their life. They're always reaching out. Man, they can't stand to be in the house by themselves. They got to get out. They're looking for the party. Where's the party at? Okay. I got to be in the party. Why? Because they get energized by being around people. The biggest problem with the extrovert is getting them to shut up, okay? okay. Just shut up, okay? And then there's the introvert. And it's not that the introvert doesn't love people. Introverts love people, too. They can just take so much of people, okay? Because they, they need time to, to reflect and time to kind of recharge uh, their batteries so they can get back engaged in the game of inter- interaction. But extroverts have to learn how to shut up, and introverts have to learn how to reach out, okay? They, and we all have to learn how to reach out effectively because even as an extrovert, you can reach out in ways that are counterproductive. If you come on too strong as an extrovert to someone else, what will happen to the other person? If an extrovert comes on strong to an introvert, <laughs> that's real trouble, okay? So you have to learn in both categories. So you have to extend yourself. Take a look at these verses. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And you might say, why in the world would you put a verse like that on the, on the screen today, Pastor? Well, maybe you're looking for a wife. I don't know. Who knows, okay? But I'm not, I'm not focusing on the wife thing today. I'm focusing on this one word. He who does what? Finds. If you find something, what does that imply? You have to be looking, Okay. Any relationship in life, you have to keep your eyes open to look for the opportunities to build relationships in your life. We see this in Proverbs 18, 24. A man who has friends must himself be what? Friendly. He must be friendly. Jesus showed this in his own ministry. Look at what Jesus does. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. So Jesus took the initiative with Peter and, and Andrew. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So he took the initiative. He reached out. And of course, the entire destiny of Peter and Andrew was changed because Jesus reached out to them. And so you know your values, you make the choice to reach out. How much of a reaching out person, how, do you, how well do you extend yourself to other people? And then here's the next thing, to pursue people well, you have to respond to others. It's not just enough to reach out, but when other people reach out to you, you need to respond. If you never, if you never return a phone call, If you never answer an email, if you never respond to somebody's text to you, don't sit back and whine about not having friends in your life. Amen? Are you with me on that? If you're not responding, if you're ghosting everybody that tries to reach out to you, then guess what signal you're sending to the people around you? You're saying, you're really not that important. I don't need you in my life. And so it's not just enough to reach out, but when other people reach out to you, you need to respond. That doesn't mean that you have to become best friends with everybody that reaches out to you, but there needs to be a responsiveness on your part. I love this about Peter and Andrew as Jesus extended himself to them. Notice what they did. At once, what did they do? They left their nets and... They responded. They responded to the initiative of Jesus. Jesus makes this statement about Jerusalem in, 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 in Luke chapter 13. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent, those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together? I'm reaching out to you. I want to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were not what? You just wouldn't respond to my call. 
And then we also need to make sure that we're leaning into the right people. Not the wrong people, but leaning into the right people. Find the people that are going to benefit your life, that you can grow from, people that you want to be like, people that you want to learn from, people that have something that you can gather uh, understanding and growth from in your life. That doesn't even mean that you'll always have the close relationship with. Some of the greatest lessons I've ever learned in my life, I've learned from people I had no personal relationship with. I did not personally know them, but I observed them. I learned things from them. Or I had a very limited relationship with them. But because I was careful to lean into their teaching, lean into their information, lean into who they were as a person, even though I may not have known them well, I learned valuable lessons from them. And so that's called pursuing relationships. Here's the second point for today. Maintenance or maintaining good relationships requires attention. Wouldn't it be great if you had a, just a, a self-servicing car? Wouldn't it be awesome? You pull into the yard, your, your driveway, and you realize your car's out of gas. Your car whispers, don't worry about it. I'm going to go get some gas. Go ahead in the house. I'll take care of it. Okay. Or your car needs an oil change. Your car says, hey, I'm heading to Jiffy Lube. I'll see you in a few minutes. I'll take care of that for you. Wouldn't it be great to have a car? Wouldn't it be great to have a house that had no maintenance? Wouldn't it be amazing? It just maintained itself. I mean, it's dirty. It says, no worries. I'll clean up. Okay. But listen closely, all of life comes with a tag attached to it. You know what that tag says on every part of your life? Maintenance required. Every part of your life. There's a little tag, a little asterisk that says maintenance required. Every realm of your life. Why? Because we live in a world that suffers under something called entropy. Entropy is that life is always moving from order to disorder, from fixed to broken. Because we live in a broken world. So entropy is at work. And so entropy means that we have to maintain. And maintenance is work. Maintenance requires energy. Maintenance takes time. It requires attention. It requires vigilance. But it's always worth it. Why? Because maintenance is what keeps things up to date. We call it upkeep. And it's valuable in every realm of life. And it's certainly true in our relationships. It's certainly true in your relationship with God. You need to maintain that relationship with God. It's also true in all other relationships of your life. You need to make sure that you are upkeeping your relationships. Because as the old saying states, it's either pay me now or pay me later. So if you don't pay the price of maintenance, you will pay the price of repair. I'll say that again. If you don't pay the price of maintenance, you'll pay the price of repair. The question is, which do you want to do? Do you want to pay the price of maintenance or do you want to pay the price of repair? I've told married couples at times who are going through troubled times or, uh, or just getting their marriage started, make sure that you dedicate time to your marriage. I highly recommend having a date night or a date time every week. Well, I can't afford a date night. Can you afford a divorce attorney? (laughs) Amen? Pay me now or pay me later. Okay? That becomes the question, okay? And so it's a whole lot easier to dib out that 20, 30 bucks a week or whatever it might be for a date night than it is to face the consequences of a relationship that goes south. And so 
Do you have a maintenance schedule for your marriage? Do you have a maintenance schedule for your relationships? Are you paying attention? That's what maintenance is. It's paying attention to things that need attention in a relationship and just feeding the relationship. Why is this important? Because you've got to put in if you're going to take out. You can't keep going to the bank and making withdrawals unless you make some deposits, okay? If there's nothing in your bank account, you can't keep drawing out of an empty bank account. And the same is true in a relationship. If I don't ever put anything into my marriage, then there are going to be moments I need to withdraw. I'm going to need to withdraw forgiveness. I'm going to need to withdraw understanding and kindness from my wife and patience from my wife. I need to withdraw some of those things at times. And so I need to be putting something in and investing in so that there's a, there's a pool there, if you will, of resource that has come through maintenance, through paying attention over time. And so every relationship in your life requires maintenance. And the issue is how well are you maintaining these relationships? Here's my third point today. Let me stop for a moment. Everybody with me so far? We're all good? Okay. Read this one. Why don't we read this one together? Not all relationships require equal attention. Let me explain that to you. We all have a limited amount of time and a limited amount of resources. We, we just we don't have unlimited time, unlimited energy. And what that means is this. It means we have to prioritize our relationships. Everybody's valuable. This is in your world right now. If you've got people in your world, everybody's valuable, everybody's important, but not all relationships are created equal. This is important to grasp. Relationships in your life have different levels of importance and varying degrees of duration. So some relationships are more important than other relationships are, and some relationships are going to endure longer than others. Let me talk to you about various kinds of relationships. Some relationships in your life are just circumstantial relationships. You happen to be in the same circumstance as another person. That circumstance eventually is going to change, and you're not going to be in the same world as that person, but you are now. And so if you're not careful, you can put a lot of energy into a circumstantial relationship. Some are just casual relationships. They're not meant to last forever, but, but they're casual, and you can, if not, if not careful, invest way too much energy in them. Some are informational. You're just learning something. It's a business interaction that you're having with someone. It can be a great business relationship. You may have fantastic chemistry with the other person, but that, that informational business environment is going to eventually go away. It's not meant to last forever. And some, there's seasonal relationships. You have people that come into your life for a season. Have any of you ever had someone leave you in your life and a season transitioned and you no longer had that same friend in your life that you had before and it's the season changed and you have to adjust to the reality that not everyone is going to be with you through every season of your entire life, but some relationships are, here it is again, what are they? They're meant to be enduring. They're meant to last. Your marriage is meant to be enduring. There's some friends that God will give you in your life that are meant to be friends for a lifetime. Amen? Amen. 
Not friends for a season, but friends for a lifetime. Some of your friends will be friends for a season. But there are other people that need to be friends for a lifetime. And you've developed that kind of relationship with them. And here's the deal that I want you to see. If you're pouring all of your energy into the circumstantial relationships, the casual relationships, the informational relationships, the seasonal relationships, if you're pouring all your energy in those kind of relationships, you'll have nothing to give to the enduring relationships of your life. This is what's happening with so many people. They're spending all of their energy on these other kind of relationships, and they have zero to give to the things that are really important, the things that really need to endure in their lives. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.